Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Bucks fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. 30-27, Ryan Fitzpatrick. The magic fall off a little bit in the first half it did. He throws three interceptions on three consecutive passes but rallies them in the second half. They have the ball with just under three minutes to go, down by three, unable to get anything going. The Steelers run the clock out, and the Bucks lose their first game in what was an exciting game at Raymond James Stadium. Did Ryan Fitzpatrick play well enough to keep the starting job, or will Jameis Winston, who's going to walk into the building today at One Buck Place, suddenly become the starter or will he be told to be the backup? We talked to Dirk Cutter after the game. We have all of that and a breakdown of the Steelers' box on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started on this podcast, do you want to be a millionaire? Well, for 30 years, Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the entire Tampa Bay area, making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products and service. Millionaire is currently offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 and take advantage of this great offer on brand new quality train air conditioning units or if you want to schedule a service or maintenance, call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort. Millionaire. Tom Jones joins us now. And Tom, we sit here at Raymond James Stadium after the Bucks have lost their first game, 30-27, to 27, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, I never felt like they really were in this game until I looked up and there were three <laughs> minutes to go, and I'll be damned if they just needed a field goal to tie it and a touchdown to win, and they had, you know, two timeouts and a two-minute warning. And then all of a sudden, it was over. It was. And, you know, I was convinced, Rick, at halftime it was 30-10. to 10. Steelers were up. We'll get into how that happened. But, you know, at that point you're starting to think, Okay, you're starting to look at, okay, they were bound to have one of these clunker games. And then in the second half, what ended up happening was the defense showed up. I thought they did a really good job against the Steelers. They, uh, they shut down the Steelers' offense. Uh, ben Roethlisberger went nuts in the first half, not so much in the second half. And as you mentioned, next thing you look up, it's 30-27. to 27. They would have taken the lead had it not been for a, uh, a call on a Deshaun Jackson punt return for a touchdown. I was fully convinced with three minutes left, I turned to you and I said, I think the Bucs are going to win this football game. And really, I guess at the end of the day, Rick, you could sit there and we're so used to like killing the Bucs for not winning. Maybe it was just one of those games that, hey, the other team just did a little bit more. I didn't think the Bucs played horribly. They didn't play as well, obviously, as the first two weeks, but still a pretty good game, I thought. Well, the comeback was nice, but I thought they gave away the game in the first half. And, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, we've been waiting for this a little bit. And you felt like you could bury him after the first half because he had three interceptions on three consecutive passes. Now, one was a tip ball. We know that. Another one, Mike Evans said that it was on him. He ran, he ran a, a wrong, the wrong route. He deviated from his route. And then the last one was really probably the most fatal, and that was he just threw the ball over Jack Quiz Rogers' head. 
and it was you know a pick six, so you're giving seven the other way. Um, so I, I thought we saw Fitzpatrick come to earth a little bit, and then he does what he always does, and he starts chucking it around in the second half, and you find that they have a chance to win. I guess the takeaway is that this is a very explosive offense. It doesn't seem to matter who they play. And when they don't make mistakes, they're going to beat a lot of teams this way, I think. Absolutely. I mean, you figure they put up 27 points, even though on three of their possessions, they basically gave the ball away on, as you mentioned, Ryan Fitzpatrick's interceptions. They had another turnover on a fumble by Chris Godwin yeah. after what was looking to be a pretty good game. Um, so that's four right there, four possessions where they turned the football over. But I, I, what did you make of Fitzpatrick's game? Because, okay, he had the three interceptions – I thought there were some moments in the second half where he could have thrown some more interceptions. Yeah. Now, look, they're desperate. They're trying to get back in the game. Yeah. You have to take some chances. But this was the first game, Rick, of the three that I felt like he just threw some balls up in the air and guys came down with catches. He threw up a lot of 50-50 balls that guys came down with. And, look, that's part of it. I get it. Um, but I this was clearly the worst of his three games so far. Yeah, and I think, you know uh, – it's unusual for a guy to throw for 400 yards three straight games. That's never happened in the Bucks' history. But the first two 400-yard games look legit. Like, right. to your point, he hit some big 75-yard bombs that were on the money. In this game, it was tougher. But the protection wasn't as good. He clearly was pressured. He, they had three roughing the passer penalties uh, against him, you know, that Pittsburgh did. Right. And then he was sacked uh, four times. So, you know, they, they hit – Ryan Fitzpatrick quite a bit. And I think anytime you can hit a quarterback, even if it's a penalty, that starts to add up, right? So he did not look as comfortable to me in the pocket throwing the football. And I think that's why some of those throws got away from him, certainly the one to Rodgers did. And and pressure will do that to any quarterback. He And I think, you know, look, you got to give him all the credit in the world for going 2-0, and beating New Orleans, beating the Eagles, and doing what he did. But that's the difference between a backup quarterback and a starting quarterback is the consistency. Are you going to get it every single day, every single game, game in, game out? Now, having said all that, Jameis Winston comes into the building today, uh, and I think if I read the tea leaves right and you listen to Dirk Cutter, it's pretty clear to me that they're going to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick at Chicago Sunday. Yeah, Fitzpatrick, you asked the question that, you know, what's, you know, where do you sort of go from here with Jameis back in the building? And he said something along the lines of, well, you know, uh, you know Jameis will accept any role that, that he's asked to play. And that sort of, like, what's he going to say? Like, oh, Jameis, can you play quarterback? Can you start first? <laughs> like, well, I guess if I have to. I got to start. <laughs> I'll start again. Why not? <laughs> but it felt like it felt like he was sort of laying the groundwork for Jameis backing up Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. Look, Rick, it would be hard to argue against that. I mean, you look at what Ryan Fitzpatrick has done these first three games. They're 2-1. and one. Um, He wasn't the sole reason why they lost on Monday night. Like you mentioned, the defense... While it played well at times, it also didn't play well at times. Yeah. It gave up some big it, plays. Yeah, big plays, and it couldn't stop the, the Steelers when they absolutely had to stop them. Um, the offensive line, as you mentioned, struggled more than they had the first two games, and they didn't run the football at all. Now, also, part of that was they, they were, were so, behind. They were again. so far behind, yeah. so they had to throw yeah. the ball, yeah. But they really never established a running game. So Fitzpatrick had, was out there a lot on his own for the most part. But, um, but, but I understand if Dirk. Cutter decides to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I still would go with Jameis, personally. I still think Jameis gives you the best chance. He's the better guy. He's the better quarterback. But 
it would be hard to make that move short week. Here's another thing to consider too, Rick, and I don't know whether this makes you want to put Fitzpatrick in or Jameis in, is you think the Steelers rushed a quarterback. Wait till you get oh. to Chicago. That team rushes the quarterback as well as anybody in football. Khalil Mack's a one-man yeah. machine out there. And so <laughs> I go back and forth like, do you throw Fitzpatrick to the Wolves and let him get beat up? Or do you put in a quarterback who, even though Fitzpatrick can run, he's not he's not quite as durable back there as Jameis is. So I, yeah. I don't know if that matters at all or not. Well, I mean, the one thing Jameis has done in his career is extend plays. He's gotten outside the pocket. He's done more of the scrum. You know, their best play, they still say, if you go back and watch the tape the three years he's been here, their best play is the scramble play, the sure. one that they, they practice but they can't account for. It's just Jameis keeping the play alive and making some throw down the field. You may have to do that against Chicago. I don't see Ryan Fitzpatrick. When he gets out of the pocket, it's usually to run for five yards and get down, you know, as, as fast as he can. So you lose that element, obviously, with your feet. This notion that Winston needs more time to get ready I think is completely overblown. Uh, you know, it, it may be me. It's a great excuse, right? Everybody, it was a short week. Well, there's the only thing that's short about it is the recovery time. And he hasn't played. Right. So his legs are fresh. Jameis Winston has been working out every single day, keeping, the, according to George Whitfield, who tweeted this, it was his, his, his off-campus quarterbacks guru, has worked out every single day, kept the same schedule as the Bucks, film study in the morning, walkthroughs in the afternoon, practice in the afternoon with a bunch of guys who have been cut, former players, what have you, and he's done this for 20 straight days. Right. So there's no, you know, it's not like Winston needs needs that extra day of recovery because he hasn't played a game. They're still going to practice Wednesday. They're still going to practice Thursday. Right. They're still going to practice Friday, have a walkthrough on Saturday, get on a plane and play on Sunday. Which there's is no, no, di- no difference. It's the same schedule. The difference is normally the players would have – that recovery day on Monday, right, and that's gone, and so they have a night game. They won't have as much time on Tuesday to come back, and so Wednesday won't be as much of a beat up practice as it normally is. When they say short week, I think it affects the coaches more than it sure does, it the does. Players because it's one less day to prepare for your next. Absolutely, opponent. but you're right. Normally, if, if on a Sunday game, just I mean, I think most people know the schedule. Yeah. So again, players come in Monday to have their recovery day, but they don't practice. No. Tuesday's a complete off day. Well, tomorrow. Or Tuesday for for Today. this yeah for this game is an off day. They come back and they start practicing again on Wednesday. Yeah. So and so I agree with you, Rick. I don't think this whole thing about rust and all that. I you know look rust whenever he comes what? back yeah I mean, whenever he comes back in he's not going to be in game speed obviously at first. So whether you wait till week five or week six or week week eight yeah, yeah that's not going to matter. So look, I would play him now personally. Yeah, I don't think they will. I think they'll stay And you wrote right. that for yeah. the Tampa Bay Times. Yeah, I, I, the reason is, look, if we were having a draft right now yeah. about, okay, we're playing, uh, we're playing FanDuel next Sunday, and you have your choice, which quarterback would you rather have? I'd rather have Jameis. Isn't that what this is all about? Who gives you a better chance to, to, uh, to, to, to win? And that's, to me, Jameis Winston. But if they go with Fitzpatrick, I, it's not the worst decision in the world. I understand why they would. Well... I mean, coaches always say we play the guy to give us the best chance to win that game. And Fitzpatrick has been playing. Jameis has not. It will be about 36 days by the time they kick it off on Sunday at Soldier Field since Jameis has played in a game. Um, that said, 
he's played a hell of a lot of football games, and he's played it for this team with these players, with Mike Evans and you know Deshaun Jackson's in his second year, and Chris Godwin and and Cameron Brayton, all those guys. I just think I just think this is like overanalyzing it. It's almost as if Tom that they're waiting for a shoe to drop. Tonight's loss wasn't enough because right. they came back. He threw for 411 yards. They had a chance right until, as Lovey Smith would say, and you know they put up you know quite a few points. But they didn't win the game. So are you waiting for a complete meltdown? Are you <laughs> waiting for two losses in a row? Right. I mean, what what is the outcome you're rooting for? I mean, I suppose you wouldn't play the guy unless you really thought he gave you the best chance to win. But by the same token, do they think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to take this thing and, you know, win enough to get them into the postseason and beyond? It's just it's a little confusing to me, but I guess they feel like we'll know when it's time. No, and you make a great point, and, and you say, well, you wait for the other shoe to drop, and maybe you, maybe that shoe never drops. Maybe you win six in a row or something like that, Yeah. and then he plays poorly. But, um, but on the other hand, look, I'm looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and – Look, mad respects for what he's done. Oh, Nobody no one saw this. He well, apparently Jameis said he did, but right. that's another story. But he would. But to go two and one, you could not have asked for him to play any better than he did. And in fact, he played beyond expectations. However, and again, this is going to sound like I'm being disrespectful to the guy. And I'm not trying to be. We have 13 years of of him playing football to prove that he's basically a mediocre quarterback. And I don't know that Jameis is all that much better, to be quite honest. This is another part of it, though, Rick. And I know that winning trumps everything. It's more important to win next Sunday than anything else. But at some point, you have to start making decisions on Jameis Winston. And do you want to really wait until week eight or week nine before you really start to make that final decision? Although you you think they've already made a decision, right? Yeah, I absolutely believe that. On his future, that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jameis Winston, and I've talked to a lot of people, including Jason Light and others, I've said this on my podcast. When I say they love Jameis Winston, love is not probably strong <laughs> enough of a word. I mean, seriously, for all the, you know, the angst that he caused them, um, you know, the disappointment of him getting into an off-the-field incident after they took a chance and took him number one overall, they look at it as like this happened two and a half years ago. He's a different guy. Um, you know, we're, we're, we, we think he's a heck of a leader, going to be a great quarterback. And I, you know, and all those things may still be true, but they, when I, you know, they have drunk, drunk the Kool Aid on this guy. And to me, if that's what you've done, if you're all in as an organization and it starts with ownership, and you've already committed, you're going to pay him twenty million dollars guaranteed against only injury, but nonetheless, you picked up his fifth year option. I don't know. I'm kind of like it's kind of like that Harry Met Sally line. Anybody knows the movie. It's like I've decided when you make a decision yeah, yeah. how you want to spend the rest of your life. You'd like right. for the rest of your life to begin as soon as possible. That's right. Well, here he is. He's going to be in the building. Um, I don't. I, I think this is a football thing. Okay. Right. As much as anything, this is from Pee Wee on. This is a football decision. Mm-hmm. And what football coaches do is this. Hey. You had to leave. We've, you're not bigger than this team. We've gone on and we've done great work with this guy as our leader. We believe in him. He's gotten us to two and one. You weren't here. You've got to kind of earn your way back, accept your role now mm-hmm. as the backup. And when we need you, which will probably be sooner than later, right? but 
It's like you just can't walk off the street and think you're going to get your job back. I've seen this on <laughs> eight-year-olds. I'm yeah, serious. No, you're right. You're I've right. seen them play the lesser guy because the other guy missed the practice. Right. And he, he couldn't play that the next day, or he couldn't he had to sit out the quarter. Right. Didn't help their football team. He wasn't the worst. He should have been playing. Right, right, right. But it, there is something about, hey, you've not been with us. Now you've got to come back and put in the work. You put your own work in here, homie. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I understand exactly where you're coming from. And Dirk Cutter strikes me as that type of football Oh, sure coach, he is. That he would absolutely do that. And, well, I guess the other argument you can make, Rick, is that, okay, you start Ryan Fitzpatrick. If he's playing horribly, you don't yeah. have to play the whole game with him. Nope. I mean, you could at some That's point right. midway through the first quarter say, you know what, well, working. Let me ask you this question. If we see that half in Chicago. Right. The first half. The first the half game? that you saw in the Pittsburgh game yeah. on Monday night. Yeah. If that half is played in Chicago and they're down 30 to 10, I guarantee you another quarterback's going to be in there. The well, I tell you what, I was ha- I almost half thought Ryan Griffin might have started the second half of this game. And I bet you if Fitzpatrick had thrown a pick, one to start, more time, yeah, then they- so you're right. I mean, they they could say, look, we're going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We don't have to have a complete total meltdown if we have, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick goes out there and it's ten nothing in the second quarter and we're going nowhere offensively. But right. that won't happen. No, that won't happen. That's, that's my, the thing. That's like, my thing here. He's going to play well enough. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. To keep you in games. Right. So now you're talking about record. Right. So now you're saying, how many do we lose? That's the weird thing to me. It's like, you're going to go to them anyway at some point, I believe. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick plays the whole year. No. Right now, if I said, you know, bet your mortgage, yes or no, no. no he's, he's not playing the James whole year. James Winston's going to start at some point. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm with you I'm, uh, that I I think he should. If you know he's your best quarterback, then then why not play him? If he's not your best quarterback, what the hell have you been doing? Because oh, yeah. you took him one number one, you you paid him a ton of money, you played him all these games for three years. What was this all about? So I think he absolutely is the best quarterback now. As a football team, this team has problems. This team is not whole yet. They are not. They're the 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 field is really lopsided, and that and even though they played a better second half, and you said this in the post game, and they did, their defense is still giving up way too many points. Period. One was a pick six. I'll take that away. Um, and they can't run the football, Tom. I know. Again, we always have this excuse: well, they got way ahead, or well, they got way behind, but. Other than one Peyton Barber, you know, 20-yarder that, that set up a touchdown, I haven't seen them run the ball consistently at all. And they were, came into the game with the lowest average in the league. And Dirk Cutter even said in the post game after Monday night's game that we need to run the football more. Like he even Do it had, more. Do it more. Be more consistent. Be more aggressive in running the football. And, again, I, I get it. And he even mentioned, it, yeah, we, we fell behind 30-10. to 10. We couldn't do it. But at the same time, he knows that they can't run the football. And I don't know if it's a running back thing, Rick, or if it's a, 
if it's an offensive line thing. But, um, you know, they got off to a good start. I think part, Peyton Barber, yeah, Peyton Barber did okay. four or five Set carries. Set up a touchdown. He was averaging six yards a carry, and then it just disappeared after that. But, uh, you know, it's a disappointing thing. Ronald Jones is not – quite panned out the way yeah. that they had hoped he panned out. You know, another thing that happened... He's got to play, Tom. Yeah. you got to just play him. Yeah, I agree. If your offense is this good anyway, you, and you're predominantly going to throw the football because that's what you do the best, I mean, it's obvious that that's sort of the what they're going to do this year, right? They're going to attack teams with those receivers. Then where they don't trust them is in protection. I get it, Okay. But that does not mean you can't have a game where you say, all right, well, we won't put him in situations where we're going to check the passes. We're going to, we're going to line up two tight ends, whatever. Or we're going to have some specialty plays. We're going to get Ronald Jones the football. You can do that in football. You can say, we're going to force the ball. I mean, the easiest thing to do is turn and hand the ball off, right? Sure. I mean, that, you know, that, that takes no, no blitz pickup. All he has to do is do what he's done his whole life, which is have the ball, run with the ball. I really think that they're going to have to try to get him a helmet on a Sunday, and I don't care if that means one other guy is going to have to be down. If he has to play special teams, you put him out there and he plays special teams. I don't see how you can have your first-round pick who's injured and your second-round pick who's healthy, and neither of those guys are playing right now on a two-and-one football team that could use both. One name, Rick, I'll ask you about. You know way more about this situation than I do. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is the guy who's out there. He's apparently available. Uh, he's not going to play for the Steelers. Mm. I don't know if the Bucks have what it takes to trade for him, if they have room under the cap to get him. And they were rumored to be one of the teams that was supposedly interested. I'm not sure if it's the right fit or not, or if I even want the guy. Well, there's a couple questions there. And the, the biggest reason why they're not going to do this, which is my information, and, and I think a lot of teams will struggle with this, is he's a franchised player, okay? Right. What that means is you cannot add years to his contract. He's playing under the franchise tender. Now, He's not playing because he doesn't want the $14 million. He wants something bigger than that. Okay? but And you can't you, sign him now. You can't sign him to any more years. You can right. give him a raise for now. You can give him a raise this year. Right. But you can't add any additional years. So how do you – what compensation – I can make it conditional with draft picks. But am I, am I really going to give up something of value to get a guy who hasn't played football – for about 12 games, I'm going to have him if he doesn't get hurt in a high injury position. And then after that, he becomes a free agent. Um, I don't know that I'm that he puts me over the top and gets me to the Super Bowl. Maybe he does for somebody, but I'm not convinced. Well, he actually does for Pittsburgh. Well, yeah. And and the thing with the thing with the Steelers is I think he's hesitant. Obviously, he doesn't want to play under that franchise tag or else he'd be out there. Yeah. And I don't know that you can – I don't know if that guy's going to put his – helmet in the holes if he's worried about getting hurt because he's thinking about long-term contracts. And what's his attitude going to be when he's not able to choose as a free agent where he goes, but rather is traded? Right. You know, is he happy to be out of Pittsburgh and going to give it all for, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks for a year? Or is he going to be like, you know what, I'm not going to report there either. I mean, right. that's, this is the thing. I mean, and, and to be honest with you, we haven't seen Ronald Jones. I mean, I still... You know, Peyton Barber at times when the holes are there, when the when the blocking is good, he's explosive. He can make plays. We've seen him had a couple 20-yard runs. And if you haven't played your second-round pick, why are you all so locked in? And, and the other thing is $14 million for a running back? Really? Yeah, right, yeah. You've still got to sign Ali Marpet. You've still got to sign Quan Alexander. 
you've still got to sign Donovan Smith, and that's just the year. We haven't even dealt with Jameis yet. Right. So what are we trying to accomplish here? I just think in week two, now people ask, they say, well, what did the Bears do with Khalil Mack? Well, the difference is Khalil, Khalil, Khalil Mack is in his fifth year. Okay, so this is his, um, you know, as a first-round pick, you get a fifth-year option, and Oakland picked it up. You can sign him to an extension, which is what Chicago did. Right. They traded, and they had the contract done before the trade was consummated, and so now he's a bear for a number of years to come. So that's and when the it comes when it comes to signing guys too and, and spending lots of money, I'll spend it on a quarterback and a guy who tackles. Bingo. Bingo. Running backs. Mm. Too high team. injury. Yeah. I mean, it's too high injury. But I brought that name up because I know a lot yeah, of people Yeah, no, no, no. And, and people have said, the Pittsburgh Report and other people have said, that's that's what they need. They can't run the ball. If they had Le'Veon Bell, that would put them over the top. I'm not sure it would. The other thing is, there's still predominant. What are you going to do now? Now you're going to run the ball, right? <laughs> I mean, that, I know they do it with Ben. You know, they have a nice balance. But 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 that team is still built around Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, it is. It is. And, and Le'Veon Bell catches the ball. 60 a lot. times a year yeah. too, you know, when he's when he's uh, when he's playing a full season. Well, I, I think the I think you're right though. I think the Bucks have issues on offense and defensively. Although I, you know they did a better job getting to getting to Roethlisberger, getting to the quarterback. They didn't give him the ground, but they didn't give him on the ground. But JPP had a sack. Yeah. Um, and then and I I thought they they a couple times. You know what happened game. tonight? This is true. I, I swear to you, it's true. Because Dirk said there were. Five or six roughing the passer calls yes. on both teams. Three against the Bucks, Right. And then a couple against Pittsburgh. I think they had a chance to get Ben on the ground a few times. And I think they pulled up. You think they light up? Yeah. That'd be an interesting to ask. Because I, I, think, I think that they, they – he said they adjusted. But what does that mean? Adjusting means we're not going to go as hard. we got to make sure we don't, like, hit them late or drive them into the ground and these kind of things. It's really messing with the minds of these defensive linemen. And if you've got a big quarterback like that or Cam Newton, good luck trying to set him down. Oh, yeah. I mean, Booger McFarland said it the other day when he saw the play by Clay Matthews again. He goes, okay, so what you have to do is pick the quarterback up, walk him over to the bench and set him down, and maybe they won't call it rough in the passer. This is why these numbers and these games are so high. The Steelers had a huge first down tonight when Ben Roethlisberger ran around. And it was, you know, you look at it and say it's Ben doing Ben things, but I, I maybe that was part of it. Maybe they, they laid up a little bit on him, afraid to get. I asked Ryan Fitzpatrick after the game whether these are penalties or not, and he was. I put him in a tough spot, I think, because he didn't know what to say because he doesn't. He doesn't like who likes getting hit. Yeah. But even he was like, you know, obviously it's it's tough for everybody all around. So you, that might that might have been a an aspect of tonight's game. Defensively, though, Rick. Um, you know, their secondary. They hung in there. Hung I mean, in there, yeah. Better in the second half. They had some breakdown. Oh, my gosh. How about the stiff arm <laughs> on Chris Conte? Whoa. That's a meme. You know what? Somebody asked me, and I, and I, why, is that hit? why is that Why is that illegal hit? Why, how can, why can you put your hand why, in a guy's helmet? If you're a receiver, helmet? why can you drive? There's no other point in the game can you take your hand and drive it into another player's face mask. But... <laughs> You, no, I Have you ever seen the Heisman Trophy? <laughs> no, that's true. That's but, the ultimate stiff arm. It is, but I, you know, but boy, that was brutal. That was that was a brutal hit. And he didn't come back. So all, all, you know, kidding aside, he yeah, came yeah. in with a knee injury, and he left with more than a knee injury. Um, but that was the knee that. Brent that Grimes. What did you think of him? He's okay. He missed time to jump once. I thought, you mm-hmm. know, and didn't have real tight coverage and wouldn't let a ball go over his head, which you never want to do. His first game, you know, he missed the first two, and, and he's playing with a groin injury. Certainly they're better. I thought 
Carlton Davis played really well. Yeah. In fact, Dirk Cutter singled him out after the game and thought that his coverage was pretty good. They've got some defensive backs. I mean, you know, MJ Stewart made some plays. Saw Jordan Whitehead in there the rest of the game. So I like their young guys. They're not good on the back, and they're not elite. Justin Evans can play. Yeah. Justin Evans had another big interception, um, you know, against Ben Roethlisberger. He only picks off Hall of Famers, it seems. <laughs> um, Drew Brees and, right, you know, right. included. Um, but overall, their defense is not where it needs to be by any stretch, although I have some hope for Jason Pierre-Paul and Joe McCoy. The problem is they have no depth. The problem is you got William Golston playing defensive tackle tonight and Noah Spence having to play more defensive end. They need Bo Allen back. They need you know the full complement of their guys. They need Vita Vea, who needs to come back and practice this week. And if he does that and can play, he'd be a big help to them in Chicago. I don't know how long it's going to take him to get in shape, but that's something they need to do. Now, it's been three weeks. Do we know what this football team is? Is this a good football team or not? Are they going to win? That's what I want to know. If I'm a Bucks fan, what am I watching? They were 2-0. I was all hyped up. Now I saw them lose a close game to the Steelers. I think the Steelers are good. Because they've kind of done this before. Yes, they, yeah, they, they have a Hall of Fame here. quarterback. They have great receivers. They have a good coach. I think they're going to be okay, especially in that division. But I still don't know if the Bucks are good. I don't know if the Bucks are good or not. But I'll tell you this: they're six and ten. I I picked them to go six and ten. I think was in our preseason. I think that's too low. I think six two. I think they'll win more than six games. Now, well, will they win more the than seven I, or eight? The question I have is: Yeah, do they win seven or do they win nine? And that's a big difference between seven and nine. It'll be the playoffs. My gut feeling, Rick. Is I think they're a little bit better than 500. I think they're going to be a little bit better than 500. I don't know that they're going to win 11, but I don't think they're going to win fewer than eight. I think they're at, at least eight, nine. I think they're going to win nine games. So, so I don't know. I don't know which nine they'll, they'll be, but it it seems to me this offense, Rick, is too good. They're too good offensively. I didn't even think they played a great game offensively. Chris Godwin dropped some balls. Deshaun Jackson wasn't as much of a factor tonight he's been in recent weeks. Right. And they still scored 27 points, put up nearly 500 yards of total offense. I think 455 yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for over 400. Um, I, I think I think this is a, a better football team than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I think they're, they're going to win nine. nine they're like a, they feel like a nine-win team. And a nine-win team will probably not make the playoffs. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because... Right now, as we sit here, they have a game in hand in New Orleans because they won on the road there, right? Right. Every team in the NFC South, Tom, I believe, is 2-1. and one. Carolina, for sure. And New yeah. Orleans is and Atlanta is. Yeah. Because Atlanta, Atlanta well, might Atlanta be 1-2. Atlanta might two. be 1-2. Well, yeah, I, well, I'll yeah. check that. But but still, I still think New Orleans is the best team I've seen. They Their are. defense has huge holes, and they give up way too many points. But, you know, they, they could have beaten the Bucks. They scored 40 against them and lost. Um, they went into Atlanta and won in overtime, which is hard to win there. Gave up some points again, but Drew Brees scores in overtime. And Carolina is sort of up and down. Their offense isn't really great. Their defense can be elite, but then you look up and you, and you see they put up a ton of points, and you're not sure how they did it. But they still got Cam Newton, and I still don't know that the Bucks are better. Which of those teams are they truly better than? Will they have a better record than any of the three teams? And this has been the problem. Right. Those three teams are going to stay in the hunt all year long, I think. My big concern if I'm a Bucks fan and if I'm the Tampa Bay Bucks right now is I and I don't know how because I don't I you know we're watching the game live so we're not looking at the game film and and I don't know what the Steelers did defensively to get pressure on Ryan Fitzpatrick and I don't know if other teams will pick up on that 
and cause trouble down the line. Was this the beginning? Did, did the Steelers figure out something in this game? Mm. I, I, I don't know that they're any better defensively than certainly the Eagles. And I, I don't think New Orleans is a great defensive team. But, no. um, but as far as getting pressure on the quarterback, this was the first game where the quarterback was pressured. He got hit. Yep. He got hit, as you mentioned. And it resulted in, in, in three interceptions and a few other balls that could have been intercepted. So going forward... It will be interesting. I think next week will be a really good test. The Chicago game will be a really good test yeah. to see how on the road, on the road, how do you, elite defense? Team. Yeah, elite defense, but an offense that's really struggling, right. not scoring points. So here's a chance that if you do score some points against the Bears, they're struggling scoring points. Unless you give up defensive touchdowns, you might actually have a chance to get enough to to beat them on the road. What do you think? Do you think this? Have you figured out yet whether this is a good football team? I think they're a good offense. Mm. I don't know what they're going to be on defense yet. I think they got. I think they got young players, and I think they don't have much depth at certain positions. And I'm waiting to see if that defensive line gels more and can be consistent. They haven't had a good game yet, in my opinion. They haven't played four quarters of good football yet, so I'm waiting to see. I don't think they're great on defense yet. Well, you said they're an offensive team. I, I, I you can even go a step further and say they're they're a really good passer. They're, they're a good passer. That's team. really what they are. Yeah. And and it's sort of like at some point you have to you have to run the football right as the weather gets worse. I don't know. They don't have any northern games, but I'm just no, saying. No, but like you got to be balanced. And maybe we just haven't seen the game because they've either been so hot or today they were so you know on Monday they were so far behind right. that they never really had balance. But I think if I know Dirk Cutter. And kind of based on what he was saying after the game, they're not good at running the football because they haven't tried to run the football. Right. And right. I think he's going to be committed to let's give this a chance and see if we can be a little more balanced. And then you'll, you know, because what teams are going to do now is, is what you saw tonight. You're going to get in a too deep shell. They're going to try to keep the ball from going over their heads. They still threw one over their heads tonight with Mike Evans, but they really didn't get a lot of down the field shots. There was a lot of intermediate things over the middle. He didn't think they worked the wideouts. That's because they were double covered. They double covered yeah. the guys on the outside, and they let every, they funneled everything in. So, we'll see. We'll see how they did. But it was a it was an entertaining game. If people stayed up, most people probably turned it off at halftime. I would yeah. imagine at thirty to ten. I was ready to walk out. <laughs> I was happy to say that was it and uh, and whatnot. But read Tom Jones in the Tampa Bay Times this morning. He'll tell you why Jameis Winston should be the quarterback and be it now. Yes. Don't wait. Pull the trigger. Start him. Well, that wraps up this podcast from Raymond James Stadium. My thanks to Tom Jones and the Bucks have lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers 30-27. to I'll be at One Buck Place today to talk to Dirk Cutter and get the postmortem on this game and find out just what, if anything, he'll share that he talked to Jameis Winston about when he returns from his three-game suspension. Thanks for listening. We're here every Monday through Friday. We appreciate it very much. For Steve Burstnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 